From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A member of the Huna City Council, Amelia Wilson, was removed from her vice mayoral position on Tuesday, May 10th. According to Huna City Attorney Jim Sheehan, Wilson was removed from the largely ceremonial position during the open session portion of Tuesday's meeting. Wilson has served as vice mayor since October of 2017. In a social media post from Wednesday, April 11th, Wilson stated that the move was completely unexpected. Calls to Huna Mayor Gerald Breyers were not immediately returned. A Ketchikan man has been indicted on two charges of possession of child pornography. According to an indictment released Thursday, 44-year-old Walter Onstead is accused of possessing video files that contain pornographic content. The file is alleged to be 18 seconds long and depicts illegal activity with a prepubescent female victim. Both charges are Class C felonies under state law. Onstead's arrangement is set for today in Ketchikan. The House Finance Committee heard testimony on House Bill 5 Thursday. According to Representative Garen Tarr, the bill would modernize current statutes regarding the definition of consent, address current loopholes that allow for certain types of sexual assault to go unpunished, and expedite the processing of rape kits from one year of receipt to six months. Deputy Attorney General John Skidmore of the Alaska Department of Law testified on the bill. Throughout the criminal law, we approach things in degrees of conduct, and we are always evaluating three concepts. The mens rea or the mental element by which something has occurred, the actual act and the egregiousness of that particular act, as well then as the surrounding circumstances that are associated with it. So, for instance, in sexual assault statutes, you have sexual penetration and sexual contact. Sexual contact is always considered to be a lower severity than would be the penetration. In this bill, when you are redefining without consent to broaden it beyond the use of force, then what this bill does is it follows the paradigm established by the Model Penal Code, the concepts that are already built into our statutes and what many other states do by saying the circumstances or the way in which that sexual penetration has occurred, there are different levels of severity. Skidmore also spoke to the punishments sought under the bill for sex crimes. When you have a lack of consent that is not achieved through force or the coercion that's currently in our statutes, i.e. a threat to property or causing the incapacitation of that person, then what this bill does is it says that sexual penetration that's without consent falls into that next category that is currently found in our statutes, which is sexual assault in the second degree. So it's trying to follow that same tiered approach, and that is actually a, a concept, a discussion that uh, I think Representative Tarr would say that I've been having with her now for several years, encouraging her to follow those concepts because that's what the model penal code has done. That is what you find throughout our criminal law statutes, and that is what you find in most other states as well, taking a tiered approach to these concepts. HB 5 would define consent in law as a freely given reversible agreement specific to the conduct at issue put into statute that neither an individual's manner of dress nor any previous or current relationship alone can constitute consent, establish the crime of rape by fraud in Alaska. Alaska Democrats have a candidate in the race for the U.S. Senate. 
Pat Chesbro's campaign says the longtime educator filed candidacy paperwork with the State Division of Elections on Wednesday, three weeks before the filing deadline. The crowded field in the race includes the incumbent Republican Lisa Murkowski, Kelly Shabaka, a Republican whom former President Donald Trump has endorsed. Murkowski has had a huge cash advantage in the race so far. The State Democrat Party said Democrats at their recent convention urged Chesbro to run. Earlier this year, Democratic State Senator L.V. Gray Jackson filed to run for U.S. Senate, but later withdrew. The State of Alaska Department of Health and Social Services reports 177 new positive cases in Juneau over the past week, or about 25 cases per day. While case activity is elevated, the city and borough of Juneau recommends masking in indoor public spaces, particularly in situations where close contact situations are unavoidable. Here's Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. Of the 177 cases that were reported over the past week, 20 were tourism-related. Uh, I do think it's important to note that the majority of our case activity uh, is still just community transmission and among residents. And when you think about how you contract COVID, uh, your, your risk for contracting COVID comes from where you spend your indoor time in public places, because indoor public places is generally where COVID transmits. Uh, and, you know, generally speaking, there's not a whole lot of overlap, right? When you think about what tourists do versus what, um, you know, you as a community member does, um, there's not a ton of interaction. There is some, right? And we certainly pay attention to that. So when, when I think about our, you know, Juno residents who are at the most risk of contracting COVID from a, from a, a you know, a tourism, tourism related spike, it would be uh, people who work uh, in that sector. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr commenting on the KINY Morning Show Thursday. Tomorrow, the Salvation Army of Juneau will celebrate 100 years serving the community. Here's Gina Halverson on Capital Chat. We have a bouncy house for the kids, uh, free hot dogs, balloons, face painting, popcorn, snow cones, lots of great activity and a lot of wonderful community band, uh, groups, musical groups are coming out to perform as well. Uh, we're welcoming the National Program Secretary, one of the national leaders, Commissioner Jolene Hodder, to Juno in celebration of 100 years. And it should be a great event, so we really encourage people to come out. The event will begin tomorrow at 1 p.m. and will go on to 4 p.m. at the Douglas Island Pioneer Pavilion in Savico Park. U.S. Army leaders say they are poised to revamp forces in Alaska to better prepare for future cold-weather conflicts. They are expected to replace the larger, heavily-equipped Striker Brigade in Alaska with a more mobile infantry unit better suited for the frigid fight. Army Secretary Christine Warmuth says she expects to make a final decision soon about the Alaska troop change. The U.S. has long viewed the Arctic as a growing area of competition with Russia and China. Those concerns come as climate change brings warmer temperatures and opens the sea lanes for longer periods of time. You're listening to News of the North. America's commercial fishing industry fell 10% in catch volume and 15% in value during the first year of the COVID pandemic. Officials with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration say the 2020 haul of fish was 8.4 billion pounds, while the value of that catch was 4.8 billion. NOAA officials say the early months of the pandemic posed numerous challenges for the U.S. fishing industry, which they say has remained economically viable despite the difficult year. NOAA made the announcement as it unveiled its Status of the Stocks report 
which provides details about the health of the nation's commercial fishing industry. Assistant Administrator for NOAA Fisheries, Janet Coit, said the largest volume in the nation came from Alaska. The nation's largest volume commercial fishery remained Alaska pollock in 2020, and the highest value species groups were crabs, lobsters, scallops, salmon, shrimp, and Alaska pollock. Dutch Harbor saw the highest volume for the 24th year, she said. U.S. ports remain an important part of our vibrant and resilient coastal communities. For the 24th consecutive year, Dutch Harbor, Alaska was a port with the highest volume of landed seafood. And for the 21st year, New Bedford, Massachusetts was the port with the highest valued catch in the nation. Michael Liddell, branch chief for commercial fishery statistics from the Office of Science and Technology, broke down the numbers of landed volume in Dutch Harbor. Dutch Harbor was the highest volume of seafood that landed 800 million pounds uh, valued at $186 million. Uh, Pollock made up 92.1% of that. Snow crab in Dutch Harbor was uh, accounted for an additional 34% of the value and 2.1% of the volume. The report said that there were 51 fish stocks on the federal government's overfished list in 2021. That list includes stocks that have been depleted by excessive fishing, and the number was an increase of two from the previous year. Bering Sea snow crabs were among the stocks added to the overfished list, as explained by Kelly Denit, the director of NOAA Fisheries Office of Sustainable Fisheries. That abundance has dropped by more than 50% in the past two years, uh, and therefore that stock is now overfished. Our scientists hypothesize that that decline could be caused by disease, predation by Pacific cod, um, or possibly movement outside of the service, uh, the survey area uh, into deeper waters, which are colder. The snow crab fishery, based in Alaska, is one of the most valuable in the country and was worth more than $100 million at the docks in 2020. Climate factors appear to be playing a role in the decline of Bering Sea snow crabs. The Biden administration says it is canceling three oil and gas lease sales scheduled in the Gulf of Mexico and off the coast of Alaska. That will remove millions of acres from possible drilling as U.S. gas prices reach record highs. The Interior Department announced the decision Wednesday night, citing a lack of industry interest in drilling off the Alaska coast and conflicting court rulings that have complicated drilling efforts in the Gulf of Mexico, where the bulk of U.S. offshore drilling takes place. The decision likely means the Biden administration will not hold a lease sale for offshore drilling this year. ConocoPhillips Alaska is attributing the release of natural gas at one of its North Slope drill sites earlier this year to a broken barrier during construction of a waste disposal well, when pressure limits were exceeded during freeze protection operations. The company describes the incident as a unique event and says nothing similar has happened before at one of its sites. The commission that oversees oil and gas drilling in Alaska continues to investigate. ConocoPhillips Alaska said a shallow gas reservoir that the disposal well had come in contact with was the source of the gas release. The company says the waste disposal well has been cemented to the surface. After visitation at national parks and the country was rocked by the pandemic, new visitor numbers show a recovery. The subject was addressed in an article in the May edition of Alaska Economic Trends prepared by the State Department of Labor. 
Economist Karina Weebold said she looked at Alaska's national park visits comparing 2019, 2020, and 2021. She said national parks in Alaska went from almost 2 million visitors in 2019 down to about 300,000 in 2020. We both explained the impacts the pandemic had on visitations. The first year of the pandemic, they were hit uh, about 28% decrease over the year before. But Alaska saw um, about three times as much of an impact in our national parks. So in 2020, the first year of the pandemic, we lost 86% of our national park visits. Weebold says numbers should return to pre-pandemic levels if the visitor season is typical. Both of the, our two largest parks are probably going to see near normal numbers of visitors if this cruise ship and visitor season looks like normal. And then, like I mentioned, Kenai was already above pre-pandemic levels. And uh, we should be seeing some return to more normal numbers in most of our largest parks. It'll be a little bit more of a question for, like, Kobuk Valley and Gates of the Arctic that are very remote. But like I said, they tend to have very few visitors anyway. Economist Karina Weebold commenting on Action Line. A man who stars on a TV show called The Bear Whisperer has been accused of illegally killing a black bear in Alaska's Kenai Fjords National Park and lying about where it was killed. The U.S. Attorney's Office says it has filed misdemeanor charges against Harvey Neal Anthony and Nature Productions, Inc. The Anchorage Daily News reports Anthony goes by the name of Blaine Anthony in the television series he also produces. An online court record system did not show an attorney for Anthony. The Associated Press sent an email seeking comment to Nature Productions, Inc. on Thursday. A virtual arraignment hearing in the case is scheduled for next month. A new children's book on celebration has been released, written by Wushkidane Diat Lily Hope, with illustrations by Kelsey Matafoot. The book tells the story of the festival from the perspective of a young girl. We spoke with Hope about the book. I've been sharing stories since 2004, and this is just a written version of many stories that I've told before. I haven't told this one particularly, but um, my first love is performing arts and sharing stories, so it feels really natural to put it into written form. The Alaska Heritage Institute released details about the book Thursday and said it is part of their Baby Raven Reads program. The book brings readers into the life of one particular child who has already learned about celebration and who greatly anticipates the event, wrote the Alaska Heritage President Rosita Whirl in the foreword. The story begins with a trip to Juneau on a ferry and culminates with her dance performance at Centennial Hall before she attends some of Celebration's associated affronts, including Toddler Regalia Review, the Native Artist Market, and the Indigenous Fashion Show. Hope said the book was going to come out in 2020, but due to the pandemic. We got to push it back, which also gave us more time to edit, you know, uh, the illustrations and make sure the words were readable, read through it quite a few times. And if you are in the midst of writing a book, um, reading it aloud and reading it to your children is a pretty good strategy for being like, oh, I can't read that sentence that doesn't fit in my mouth correctly. Let's see how we can reword that. Um, it's, it's great fun. I have to give credit to my best creative uh, director, Aunt Deanna. She's my mother's youngest sister, and we definitely threw ideas back and forth in the writing process. So it might be my name on the book, but she gets some joint creative credit there because I couldn't have done it without her. The book-
book will be given to families enrolled in Baby Raven Reads and is available at the Sea Alaska Heritage Store. Celebration is the 13th book published under Baby Raven Reads. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.